You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Yoshi's podcast starting now. Welcome to new episode Yoshi Den. I'm here in uh, where, where is it so funny? <laughs> I know this is going to be a long podcast. Um, well, where's this Bert? This is in Sherman Oaks, Valley Village. It's it's uh, uh, my friend Angelo Sarukas lives right in the corner. How do I know that name? He opens a lot for Russell Peters, and he's going next month to do. He's the first. Um, Greek comedian born outside of Greece to do a one-hour special in Athens, Greece really? next month. Yeah, and um, I was just talking to him. I did. I, he just did my podcast like a week ago. Are you loading up because of your trip? Yeah, yeah. Um, ironic. I'm leaving two weeks from today, and I'll be gone for three months. And, what are you uh, gonna do there? I'm going to Stockholm, Sweden, uh, doing a bunch of po- podcasts, going on tour. But I'm going to Russia first for like ten hours each way. Uh, I'm stuck at the airport that Snowden got stuck. Are you serious? Yeah, it was cheap ticket. So, so you're what you're flying into Russia and then flying into Sweden? Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's right there. The Gulf of uh, for the Gulf of Finland it separates. I think the two, right? Sure. And Aeroflow. I, I know you've been to Russia. Oh, dude, fuck. It's terrible, right? I would never fly on Aeroflow. <laughs> no wonder it was seven hundred dollars. How much was it? Seven hundred. Oh my god. Aeroflow was uh, the the airline that got in trouble because the pilot was letting his kids fly the plane. <laughs> I also heard both of the pilots got caught sleeping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that was that was back in the communist Russian days. That was back like right after uh, Glasnost. Wait, uh, Perestroika. Perestroika, and uh, and like there was no rules for anyone because there was no. So that's that's kind of fallen apart, and it's like no one's gonna let. If you're flying an airplane into anywhere in the anywhere in the world, sure. No, there's there's certain uh, parameters that you have to hold up. So it, I don't think it's any less safe. I mean, it might be less safe than say like um, like American Airlines or like uh, only because it's Americans in the name. Sure. No, but no, but like Delta. But I mean, figure when fucking Delta flies to Shanghai, it's not those dudes out of Atlanta. It's some it's some guy from fucking Shanghai, you know. And so when they fly into Moscow, I'm sure they got Moscow fucking airline air pilots. I, I'm sure that quality has improved, but you know, I still have that Soviet impression. I'm because I've never been to Russia. I took two quarters of russian studies in college i know you did yeah uh, like you got a degree in it right yeah i got a minor in in uh russian i want to say i got a minor in russian languages and a minor in russian literature sure but it might have been a combination of two and a minor in like just a minor of russian yeah i I read books in russian i didn't read them but they were written in russian and i sat there and held them in front of my face what i i know you talk about uh um about that but why, why did you want to study Russian? I mean, we don't have to get... No, I, no, no. Everyone knows your... Uh, no, I don't mind talking story. about it. I don't mind talking but about why it. But why did you want to study Russian? It was an accident. I thought it was Spanish. I, signed, I thought I signed up for Spanish. Oh, that's Spanish. right. Yeah. yeah. It was like those old days when you... When like when I went to college, it was you had to like dial in um, on a phone. Mm-hmm. So like there would be one phone and it would be in a dorm and everyone would have a fucking line with all their classes. And it was like the lines open at like six in the morning. That's when the lines open where you could get them for classes. And dudes would wake up at six in the morning and get in line for that phone, and there would be a line of people, and you'd have this book, 
like um like what looks like an auto trader but with classes in it sure. and it's just lines and lines and lines of class like like just real small print just straight down like a thousand uh numbers that you had to dial so you'd log into the system you'd put in your social security number and then you had to dial the class and russian and spanish were right next to each other r and s so uh, R-U-S and S-P-A-S-P-N or S-A- <laughs> right. were right next to each other and I just dialed in the wrong class. And I dialed in and it said, uh, I, you know, this is how fucking stupid I was. It was like, uh, R-U-S-S 100 has been. And you, all you wanted to hear was the added. To your, and you know, I was like, fucking added. And so I got super excited and I just went, next class. Because I got a noon class. Right. And it was a Russian class. So I showed up to class and the teacher was... Uh, the teacher uh, was hot, by the way. She was really hot. So that's like the first thing you notice. You sit down. And all was she Russian? Uh, no, she was from Ohio. I see. And she, blonde hair, real pretty, like just my type. And then, then, not now, because my wife has brown <laughs> hair. She just walked out of the... <laughs> God. <laughs> it's amazing how your, your type will change due to necessity. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, I'm talking to Burt Kreischer, oh, yeah, one sorry. of the funniest stand-up comics. You oh, do many you. travel shows, and um, I, 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 honestly, you and uh, Tom Segura, Christian uh, Pazinski, I always listen to anything that you guys are on. Oh, d- uh, I wish you guys would do sitcom, all three of you. It's so funny. You know what's so funny is is if uh, well, maybe that'll happen. The um, Tom and I call her Push. I don't call her Christina. Oh, that's anyone right. with a Chris yeah. in their name, it's either Kristen or Christina or Christana or yeah. Christiana. And I always fuck them up, so I just call them. I give everyone a nickname. I have a Kristen Hydebreder on my TV show, sure. And I had a Kristen before that. I dated a Kristen, and I'm and so I just call Christina Pajinski Push. It was an easier way for me to remember. But very funny comedian. And push uh, Tom Segar is hilarious. And my Absolutely. daughter's my daughter's calling Push and Buns because <laughs> that's right. And so. Uh, Push and Buns have, it's so funny because when I first met Tom, I his personality is so, so distinct in that he's very dry and then when he giggles, he gets up to the top and he gets excited at something. But the two of them have spent so much time together, it's almost like cellmates who have the, who live like next, in the next cell that can knock and knock and talk to each other like John McCain. Sure. Like they'd have those codes. So now when you hang out with them, they have a code that they speak they, unless you listen to every single one of their podcasts, you don't fucking get. So, so like, they'll be sitting at the table and they'll be like, pee you up these jeans. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Mommy, does mommy want to? And you're like, who the fuck? You don't even speak English anymore. But it's like, they're, it's almost their... Uh, if, I, if I could give a basketball reference, they're, it's like a pick and roll. Yes. They're, they're like John Stockton and Carl Malone. Like, they don't even have to say... They know... They're on the same page all the time. Yeah. You know what they're like? They're like... Uh, they're like... Um, the people that uh, live in uh, South London that talk with that rhyming slang. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the Cockneys. Cockneys. They're like Cockneys. Yeah. Oh, peaches and pears, lovely. Would you like some? That's what they're like now. But yeah, we, my, wife, my wife and I met them at... Uh, I, I was telling your wife, I love that episode where uh, Push was on and yeah. one of your friends said she was pregnant. Oh, and Christine. Just, yeah. Kristen. God damn it. Pierce. And uh, which you, you have great uh, podcast, podcast. I I really love them, man. It just I feel that just a, it makes me feel. I'm a really negative person, but are you really? You know, that's I don't see that at all. I, I guess I'm negative about myself, but like I love hearing you laugh. I love I love oh. the whole interaction with you and Tom and your wife and um, uh, Push and it's it's I'm I'm really uh, they got my wife out of her. My wife is my wife's my wife's like you. 
She's very negative about herself. Don't ever tell her I said this. My wife is very negative about herself. She grew up in, <laughs> right. in, a, in a rough, uh, mm-hmm. like rough childhood, and so she sees everything as a glass half full. I'll never forget when we were dating. We were like married, like uh, we were married, like two, three, three years maybe. She, we had just had Isla. We had just had Georgia. I was on the road. I was making like twelve hundred bucks, twelve hundred, twelve hundred fifty bucks uh, a weekend. Uh, on the road i was doing as many weekends as i could and i was featuring and i just wasn't making any money but before that i had made dick loads of money i'd had two development deals back to back back when they were big cash out sure. cash de- development deals and i had a tv show for a year and a half and i had a tv show following that for half a year so for i've been on tv for like two three years i had tons of money met my wife fell in love courted her spent a lot of the money quartering her took her to italy first class like literally Tore through money because I also didn't have any, you know, I didn't care. I, I just assumed money would show up. Met my wife, uh, get married, get pregnant, or get pregnant, get married, what a, one of the two. And then right before George is born, I run out of money. And then like three years later, or I'm just broke and I'm on the road and I'm not making any money. And my wife was like, I feel like a fucking bad luck charm. And I was like, why? She was like, I don't know. You had all this good shit going. And then you meet me and all my negative energy just seeps into you. And like, and I was like, no, that's not because I am a very positive. I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely positive. I always sure. look at like the glass half full of vodka. I'm like, this is going to be <laughs> this. I never, I never worry about money. I never worry about work. I just figure it'll show but up. But she is good in that, that, that she's always kind of like reminds you to be a little bit more financially uh, sensible. And Yeah, and well, that. we just, yeah. you so funny. Right before you came, we were fighting over um, shirts. I just came out with a new, um, a new machine shirt. I'd always wanted to do a murdered out machine shirt. Mm-hmm. So it's black on black, like matte black on black. <laughs> right. So, uh, or shiny black on matte black. So and I I've been thinking about this for a long time and I've been trying to do it and she just is like the numbers weren't right and then finally I was like fuck the numbers she was like they're okay if we char- sell them for thirty bucks and I was like I'm not gonna sell a shirt for thirty bucks when no one sells a shirt for thirty bucks here's the way it should be it should be fair you're a fan of mine if you're if you dig me then I want to be able to offer you whatever I can get you that'll represent that you like me mm-hmm. for the cheapest price possible I don't and so she just we got these murdered out machine shirts I get them two days ago I get the first prototype. It, and I, it's I did it all. I did right, it all. Right, right. I did it all. It is a hot fucking shirt. It is badass. I'm telling you when I say this, this is my, I'll wear this on stage. My machine like logo, right? Ma- like shiny black on a matte black shirt. The shirt is uh is American Apparel, so it's a really nice shirt. It's a great fucking shirt. Oh wait, did you actually go down there? To- uh, I I had them. I had the messenger mob up to me. Oh okay. So I had um. I get it. I wear it. I'm like, great. I order 500 because the shirts are kind of expensive. Sure. So I order 500. I go limited edition. We'll sell 500. And it'll be for like the ultimate, the people who really like the story and like me and are big fans of mine. She finds out that our profit margin is less than a dollar on each shirt. He goes through the fucking roof. She's like, we can use this shirt. It's so much cheaper. I canceled the order. I go, don't cancel the fucking order. So then she starts bringing out all these other shirts. Like this, I'm not going to say the names of the brands, but like brands I'm not, I, like that I, we've made shirts at and yeah. I'm not a fan of. And, I, and I'm trying on shirts. I go, no. So we decided, and we were just doing that. We were just arguing over money. I was like, it doesn't matter. She was like, we should have sold them for 25 Then we would have made $5 on every shirt. And I was like, no, because it's going to look weird than all the other shirts are sold for 20 Sell them for 20 We don't make any money. But you know what? 
people who like me. It's like this. This is the way my brain works. Yes. And this is the way my brain works in the in the in, in I, the I believe me, I understand where you're coming from. I yeah. also understand where your wife's coming from too. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where my brain is. My brain says, um I bought I went to a concert uh like a couple months ago. Um my morning jacket, Wilco, Bob Dylan, and Jerry Weir. And I, now I'm only a fan of Wilco. Wilco's my favorite band ever. My, and but I went up and I went up to the merch booth and I was with the um I was with um the the brothers from Nashville uh the um God damn it I'm fucking flaking on their names right now but um are they comedians no they were one owned Fort Lauderdale one owned Nashville Zanies um oh I'm not familiar with that I'm sorry I'm blanking on their names but they're good friends with Stanhope and and like they're Great dudes, and they run. If you can ever do a date there, they're fucking really solid. They're always solid. They always the numbers are always. I really like them, and even though I can't remember either of their fucking names right now, <laughs> I can't. You remember. as soon as I leave, and you're uh, Dorfman's the Dorfman's. Okay, so the Dorf. I go with uh, I go with, with um, the Dorfman's to a show, and I go and I buy shirts. I buy three shirts. I buy uh, 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 two Wilco shirts. And one, my morning jacket shirt, because I like this shirt. It's a really cool shirt. It's sure. gray with blue, and it's good writing. It says my morning jacket on it. And and two Wilco shirts that are pretty badass. I wear the Wilco shirt that night on stage, and I love I love band shirts. I love them. So especially if I love the band. So like, and then I wash them, and I go to wear them again, and the Wilco shirt's lost. The fucking collar fall apart, and I'm like, well, I'll never wear this shirt again. I've not seen it since. The other Wilco shirt, the fucking cotton is super stretchy, and I'm like, ugh, fuck this shirt. The My Morning Jacket shirt, which I am not a fan of that band technically at all, is a badass shirt. I wear that shirt on stage. I wear it when I fly. I wear it when it's a, when I feel skinny. Right. I wear it on my best <laughs> days. And so you that's where my skinny. brain is. Yeah. My Morning Jacket, they, they all got my money. If you're out to just get my money, if you're just out to get $20 from me, you guys all got it. But My Morning Jacket has me. And I'm not someone huge, but I definitely stand in front of stage, on stage in front of 300 people a night they got me to wear their shirt on stage every night because i like that fucking shirt now if i can do the same and make a shirt that people go and they did that with the first round of my right. machine shirts and and we found a good price where we got good cotton and we got, got made good money but with this murdered out one it's a badass fucking shirt let me tell you something if someone that likes to go, what, wear black wears that shirt and he wears it on and people go god damn that's a, then that is what is important to me it's it's the re I mean practical side is repeat customer right and, right and every time they see quality t-shirt it just reminds you how how great and quality of comic you are that's exactly uh, look I could go up and fucking phone it in yeah. with bullshit material maybe that's what it is maybe that's what we hang our hats on is that is that I could do but uh, I mean uh, to interject there's certain comics that are doing really well a few years back maybe their act is all the same or where they whenever they take audience for granted. It'll catch up to you, you know. You're totally right. You're totally right. It does catch up to you. It catches up to you in the sense that that you are you're just making a cheap shirt on stage, technically. Yeah. And you're like, look, I get, I'm getting the money, but for me, it's like I think that's part of the reason that I I fucking. And most comics really get into com comedy for a long time, not making any money at all. Dude, I've been doing this for so long, and I'm still not making a lot of money. I'm I'm not by any stretch of the means. I don't think. I couldn't support myself and my family in this way. And you know, you, you're here in my house. This isn't like super lavish at all, but it is a house. And it, I do have, it's a nice neighborhood. I couldn't support myself like this on just comedy. Like just comedy? I'm not making that much money. It's if TV and comedy and I can do it and we're still like breaking even. Sure. But like, 
But like that's the weird thing about comedy is like a lot of people look at Forbes magazine and see Russell Peters of the world and Gabriel Iglesias of the world thinking every comic, especially the one like yourself, they see in TV, they just figure making a couple million a year. Oh yeah. Oh come on. Oh my God. We're like making. We're making. I would say, not even like a sixteenth of what they make. I'm guessing. I mean, I don't even know what they make, but like. Well, we also made twenty one million last year. Okay, I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my abacus out. One thirty second of that. <laughs> but that—that's such an obnoxious number. I don't even know what that means. Like, if, yeah. once you hit one million, part like I don't, you know. Once you get past one million, I just go sweet because I can figure it out into a month. If you tell me, <laughs> if you go like, if you go, I like when you tell me I make this a year, then I got like I just I, I start losing it. Yeah. But if you go, if you say I make. Because that's the way I looked at my months back when I first started. I was like, dude, I'm going to make freaking six grand this month. That's a lot of money. That, sure. that's a, that, I mean, that, that was a lot of money to me. And I was like, if I can make six grand, I'm fucking doing good. Because that means I'm making more than $1,000 every week. But I'm working every week. Sure. And then and then when you get to like... Because that's also the way I break it down is what you can afford in a house. Like, if, like you can afford a $2,000 a month house payment... Then if you're making six grand, you only bring home half of that. Then you got okay, I can't make it then. But if I'm making ten grand, like I don't, Russell Peters makes twenty one. Let me see, figure out what he makes a month. So twenty one million a year. That's not quite two million a month, but uh, maybe a million and a half or so. How'd you do that so quick? Well, oh, I mean two you're, million you're, a oh, month. Oh. Two million a month. That's twenty four million. So if he's making twenty one million. He's short by three million. You just yeah. showed your Asian so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just greedy. We're just greedy. But um, I can't imagine making two million a month. I mean, you know what's the funny thing? He can make even more if he wanted to. Yeah. But he doesn't want to. I don't think he want to overbook. That's the funny thing. He's yeah. in. He's in overseas, and um, you know, here's the thing, like. I remember he interacted with uh, Angel Circus and uh, Joe Coy. He would tease them, but basically trying to motivate every one of his friends to make more money. Yeah. That's why he said, hey, you look at this watch I have, whatever, yeah. the car. But he, he's not doing it to um, show off. But he really genuinely wanted to motivate his friend because he really think, I'm telling you, he would tell you, Bert, you, you not only deserved it, but you, your talent is so high that you should be making He's, that kind of money. Ru- I, I have two Russell Peters stories. I'm not even I have two Russell Peters stories that are my favorite. I have, I have like, first of all, I have like five. Russell, I like Russell, <laughs> the type of person he is, yeah. uh, immensely. I like his brother almost Clayton. even more. Like his brother, watching his brother laugh is one of my greatest joys in the world. So this is my first, I'll tell you my first Russell Peters stories because it made me realize um, for those of you who don't know who, who Russell Peters is, he's the biggest touring stand-up comic in the world. <laughs> for those of you who only know who Russell Peters is and try to figure out who me and Yoshi are, <laughs> that, I, I, tour, I did a date with Russell for... Uh, Was it Pearl Harbor? Pearl Harbor, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing that in, in a podcast, and yeah. he also mentioned about his girlfriend at the time. I know her. Oh, that, was so, that was so fucking funny. <laughs> but here's the, here's the story that was more honest it's these moments that are more honest that that cut down whatever uh, little type of bullshit you have to hold up to like other people that are more successful than you. Sure. So like you because I remember working with Tosh one time and then him making fun of me saying that I had more credits than he did but I was still featuring. And he's like, you're the highest credited feature I've ever met. Why is that? And he, But Tosh is the kind of person... 
that he will hold you to the fire and make you answer the question he's asking. Not in a dick way. No. I mean, some people can construe it that way. I don't see it that way. I see it as in he's curious, he's honest, he says things that are on the top of his mind. He does not. He doesn't hold back. He's unedited. And so I, I he's kind of trying to help you actually. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that, and that's why I like Tosh. That's the reason I liked him is he did two things or three things that were very honest. And some people could construe as like, ooh, but I'm not me. I don't take it that way. And he understood that. And we be I we're not we don't hang out or anything. But I say I call him a friend. Um, we don't hang out because I have two fucking kids and I'm on the road constantly. But Russell did want something. Uh, we were sitting at a table. We were eating, and we all ordered feel, right. a meal. And he looked at my. I had a Rolex on, and he looked at my Rolex. My dad had given it to me. Um, my dad had given it to me when when he thought he was going to die. He was like, "I want you to have my Rolex." And I said, "Okay." So he gave me this Rolex, and then the the bill came, and I said, "Let me pay for it." And Russell said, "No, I, I'm. I insist." And I put. Uh, Russell put his card out, and I had. I have. I still have it to this day. I have it to get into American Airlines clubs. Sure, uh, it's a platinum uh, American Express. You got to spend a lot of money to use a platinum. Sure, but it's my dad's. We have the same name. Right, and I use it to get into a, to Delta's Airlines clubs. Yeah, yeah, and American yeah, yeah. before I was big on American, I'd use it to get in, and I'd use it if I ran out of money. Like if I if I was, but and I went to go. I said I got it. And he goes, really? And as he said that, I went, oh, shit, I might have to pay for this. And I didn't have the money to pay for it. So I pulled out my dad's card, and Russell goes, Platinum American Express. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he grabbed it from me and looked, and he goes, member since 1986? <laughs> 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 oh, I'm getting embarrassed right now. And I remember going, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, how is that possible? And I was like, uh, uh, uh. And he knew real quick. He just pulled out his dad's credit card, yeah. and he looked handed it back to me and paid with the money he earned. Right. Knowing full well I couldn't have paid for that fucking meal. It was all of us drinking. It was all of us eating and he covered all of it. But it was that moment when he looked at me and goes, remember since 1986? And I went, Aah! I was like, I want to fucking disappear right now. And then he looked and he goes, did your dad give you that Rolex too? And I went, yes! Oh, oh, that's one of my fucking, that's one of the moments where I was like, I go, I guess I can't fucking pretend to be better than i am to this guy because he just because when you raise yourself out from technically nothing being an immigrant in canada and i'm not saying his parents like were fucking like came over you know on a fucking raft but i'm saying like when you raise yourself up from that sure. status in canada and you get to where he is you know the path and you know the people that are, are bullshit and and that's the kind of guy he is now my other favorite russell peters moment is amsterdam we're doing uh Something, something for Showtime. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing a thing for Showtime. And I see him and I hang out with him and his brother a little bit. And we have a good time. It was a really good time. But everyone was bombing doing their sets. I mean, everyone. And this is what I heard. I heard the audience were shit. I mean, audience, I heard they were yeah. terrible. Even Russell told me they were horrible. They like, were, they were, were kind of jaded. They were yeah. Dutch. And apparently, the Dutch listen very well. But they're not like laughers, like Americans. And you were in Amsterdam too. Oh, you're, yeah. you're competing with hookers. That's you're tough. You're competing with hookers and drugs. Yeah. And so we, um, everyone was bombing, and everyone was saying to everyone, "Don't worry about bombing. They're going to plug in laughs. It's going to do really well." I'm making sure we're still recording. Um, we're we're gonna. It's going to do really well. It's going to edit together really well, and it did. It did for everyone. You couldn't tell who bombed and who didn't bomb. Um, I think Push was on it too, right? Yep, Push yeah, was on cool. it. Push had a really good set. Push was on my show. My show was the best show of the week only because for two reasons. Number one, it was the last show of the night. So this <laughs> right. crowd who had watched 
people bomb for four, three shows before, they knew we were the end. So by the time we got up, they were like, finally, it's over. <laughs> like, in a weird way. Whose idea was to do the uh, Amsterdam? I don't understand. I think, I want to say it was Matt Schuler's. And I, I only say that because I think, I mean, it was Levity's idea, but I think Matt Schuler pitched the idea to Levity, and they bought it. They were like, they were like let's do it. They took it to Showtime, and Showtime's like, let's do it. And so we'll fill, we'll fill it with international comics and American comics. The problem was the international comics were bombing just as bad as we were. No one was, unless you were doing your act in Dutch, you weren't you weren't going to do well. You guys would have been better off in uh, Sweden or Denmark. Yeah. I go there all the time, and you guys would, would have killed it over there. So we go, I, at the end, of, I'm the very last person to go up. Now, sure. here's what I benefited for, from three things. Number one, Russell had been throwing to me all night in this in the segments, and he's like, "Let's check in with Bert and see what Bert's up to." Bert, there was no screen. They didn't oh, is that anything. right? But he'd do that, and then he'd go, huh, "That was a good one, Bert." So this whole show, they'd been talking to Bert. <laughs> yeah. They had no idea who fucking Bert was. The second thing that I benefited from was I was the very last person to go up. Yeah. So after me, they got to go home. So literally, the second I got on, they were like eight minutes eight minutes until we're fucking out of here. Third thing is that everyone else was doing uh, material. I was forced to do a false intro because I had to tie it to the piece I did before. So I had no connection with that opening awkwardness. Right, right, like, right. So when I went up, I had no connection with like my fir first joke not working because my first joke wasn't mine. It was the network's. So I didn't care. So I had to go up and go, hey, you ever have uh, an awkward... You ever... You ever uh, hey, anyone ever get a prostitute? And then hang out with her all week, and then she sits in the front row of their show. And then I look, and it's the prostitute I've been with all week. And I'm like, "Hey, Makana," and that got a huge laugh, but but it wasn't my joke. So all of a sudden, I started with like a really great joke, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." And they like shepherded her to the front of the row, and then I took two beers on stage, and I just murdered them right right on right, stage. Right, right, right. Just killed one, killed the other, and I was like, "All right, let's start." So then it had this like party vibe, and Russell and his brother were sitting off stage to the my right. And I tell my first joke, and Russell and uh, and Clayton die laughing. Right, right. And I'm looking <laughs> over, and they're fucking doubled over. And I'm like, and now I'm getting comics to laugh, so I can give two fucks what the audience is doing. And I'm murdered. I had a great set. But I had a great set because Russell and Clayton were on the side shitting themselves laughing the entire time because they like me. And, you know, it's like... They, it was, I didn't know you are funny. And they, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they get my sense of humor. So that was the reason I had a fucking... I had a really great time. And that, but those are my two Russell Peters stories. God, those were long-winded. I hope people are still <laughs> listening. Even Russell fucking stopped listening. He was like, enough. He, uh, we'll, we'll jump into other stuff, but I, I have to say, um, I know he teased a lot of his comedian in a really nice, positive way. Yeah. But uh, there's countless stories where something happened to his fellow, uh, fellow uh, comedians, and he was, you know, not publicly, but he will help them, you know. There's, oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's so many of those stories. So um, it's yeah, gotta, you got to, I mean... He remembers what it is to not having money, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine being in this position and having twenty one million dollars. You ready for my? I'll, maybe I'll tell you off air, but I have a really great Russell Peters pitch, like a Russell Peters movie that Happy Madison can produce, drop it internationally, and it would make a million. Did you tell Russell about I it? I haven't told Russell. I haven't told anyone. Okay, well, let's not do it here then. You, yeah. should, you should tell him. I have a movie that I've I've actually pitched to, like to friends to Segura, and it it, it is it is uh, it's such a great fucking idea. But I haven't run into Clayton or Russell to tell them. And and when I do run into Russell, it's like like I want to pitch him a movie idea. But I just came up with one. 
I came up with another one the other day. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't want anyone to steal it. And um, he's coming back in a month, month and a half. You should, you should. Where's he at now? He's in, uh, I believe, in Middle East. And he's going to India, to Sri Lanka, and I think he ended the year by performing in Alaska for some reason. Oh, uh, dude, I was just in Alaska. Have you been there? Um, years ago. I um, went to Chilku Charlie's. Stan Hope set it up. It was one of the fucking funnest shows I've ever done. Is where is it? Is that near Anchorage? Or? It's in Anchorage, Chilkoot Charlie's. It's like 120 seats, I want to say. Uh, 120 seats. It's it's someone who knows how to run a fucking club. Okay, so was it your first time in Alaska? First time in Alaska, okay. and it was a blast. You can do a week there if you want to. <laughs> yeah. I would suggest doing one night because I just came in, but I was shooting up there, so I did like one night on Sunday. My whole crew went. We fucking partied balls. We had so much fun, and I did like an hour show, got a door. Just I think they gave me 100% of the door. Like I think that's how cool they were. I'm a, I say that now. They're like, great bird. It was actually 75%. Now everyone wants 100 Whatever it was, was. it was good money for yeah, one yeah. night. I, and it was the fucking greatest. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Um, but you're, you're from Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tampa. yeah. And you, you went to Florida State? Yeah. Are you a huge football fan? Uh, this season. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I say that because the Seminoles are number two. Yeah. Wait. Uh, and I, I guess, I, I don't know why I keep talking Tom Segura, but Tom's also Oh, he's Florida. obsessed. Well, Tom's... He Tom, went to Florida State too? I think Tom was adopted and he doesn't want to tell anyone because he's from Cincinnati. He did not go to Florida State. He went to like FIU or... North Carolina, I but think. But he's a Florida State fan. But he's a Florida State fan. The thing about Florida is he moved down to Florida when he was a kid. In Florida, you had to be one of two things, a Florida fan or a Florida State fan, or you were Cuban and you loved Miami. Like, that's how, like, every Cuban kid you knew growing up yeah. was a huge University of Miami fan. Mind you, no one that's a University of Miami fan went to the University of Miami. They just liked the idea of what the the Hurricanes brought to a game of, like, you know, crotch slapping and, and dancing in the end zone. For those of you listening to this show and overseas, I, I don't know how to explain it, but football in the South, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, right now, Alabama is the number one team in the country in national championship last, what, two out of three years or something like that? Yeah. And um, it's basically, it's football's number one, uh, guns than Jesus in that order, <laughs> and they love football like unbelievable. And hurricanes in what seventies and eighties. Se- hurricanes in the eighties dominated, dominated. Her- and they were 80s criminals. And 90s. Well, what happened is they had. It's, there's a great documentary that uh, one of my buddies, 30, right? Billy Corbin, directed called The You. You're friends with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be friends with him too. He's really easy to be friends with. He's just he hangs out in Miami, and if you ever go do Ron and uh, Paul and Paul and Young Ron. Uh, he is always in studio on Friday reviewing movies. I love that documentary. He's love amazing. It. I loved Broke too. He's great. Oh, he Billy's did that one, one too. The, yeah, oh he's amazing. He's really great, and he's obsessed with South Florida. He's all about South Florida, and I follow him on Twitter and I get his feeds. He's always got something interesting about like he's just uh, he's a really smart guy. So I watched the U. Even Tom and I both watched it. And we were like, and we hated Miami growing up. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, we were like that was a fucking badass documentary. But so you you had to be one of two things. If you were just like me or Tom, you had to be a, a Florida fan or a Florida State fan. I was a Florida State fan, like since from like from like before I can remember. I mean, my, one of my earliest pictures of me ever in any uniform <laughs> right? is a Florida State Seminoles fan uh, uniform. Well, but why did you pick that one? Was your dad? You know what? Because I felt like because I wasn't like. 
um, old Southern Porky's White Florida. Sure. Like there's a there's a old White Florida that has blonde hair. And, yeah, yeah. And they hunt and they have hunting camps and they go to Odessa and Ocala and and and, and they've got like it's really hard to explain, but they're like uh, the old South of Florida. Sure. And they were all University of Florida fans. And then there was this like I always felt like Florida State had this. They didn't let boys go to Florida State until like the the fifties. So so. It was a girls' school before that, so like all these old. Wait, Florida State was originally a so girls' school. Yeah, it was a girls' school up until I want to say like the fifties, but I don't I don't remember exactly. I like didn't the, know that. Wow. It was a girls' school, so it's so it's beautiful for one. It's a beautiful <laughs> campus, right? It's gorgeous. It's uh, it's all hills, so like you could you could it literally from like the administration building all the way down to Sally Hall, it's just rambling hills. Like, and I say that for Florida, it's rambling hills, not for anywhere in the world, but. For Florida, when you grew up in like just flat, sterile University of Florida, is just spread out like you're like you're looking at a at a flat-chested nurse, like just. Ugh. But like Florida <laughs> State has these like just curves and and just beautiful sidewalks, and all the brick, all the buildings are like like uh, like maroon brick, and it just is a gorgeous campus. And filled with trees and Florida's just spread out with like white buildings and cement big cement walkways and and like it just I and Florida never appealed to me visually it was a lot of fun I'd go there for weekends when I was in college high school even in college it was a blast the fraternity houses adversely at Florida were much better than the fraternity houses at Florida State because the ones at Florida State had only been around since like the 70s and okay. the ones at Florida had been around since like turn of the century and the f- sorority houses at Florida State were a million times better than the sorority houses at Florida. So, I well, like, hurricanes look like a fun school to me, dude. It's well, it's not. I mean, it is. It's it's first of all, it's it's uh, it's a very small school and it's private. It, you have to be really smart to get in. I did a show there one. Wait, time. wait, the hurricanes? Yeah, it's a very. It's a. I want to say it's University of Miami is a. I want to say it's private. I don't know. if. I'm right about that, but I'll tell you right now, you have to be smart as shit to get in. No one can get into the University of Miami. You have well, to be, I'm sure they make a lot of exceptions for the football players. Only imagine. make exceptions. Mm-hmm. For, or not anymore. I want to say they've turned that a little bit, but in the 80s, they just let these kids go there, and these kids got great, could have gotten great, most of them did, get great educations. But here's the thing. I did a show there for them, and they are very multicultural. Extremely, that school is a million times more diverse than Florida State and in Florida and in UCF. And uh, and they're really open-minded and they're smart as shit. So you could tell any joke that would work in New York, San Francisco, L.A. And these kids got it. And I was like, holy shit, what a great fucking school. And it's really beautiful. It reminds me a lot of what South Florida uh, kind of evokes. Like that old school, like sure, like that, that ticker tape video. Welcome to Miami. <laughs> beautiful palm trees. Because your friend's documentary... It was really well. I can't say that that the first coach's name, Schoenberger or whatever. The, uh, uh, sh- um, Schottenheimer. No, I wanted to think he. If I remember from the documentary, it's been a couple of years since I watched it. He he started looking for talent action Southern uh, well, Florida, and yeah. there were some unbelievable talent. And uh, did they, they were basically saying they sold a bunch of these. A black kids running around, literally running after chicken, and they they will catch them. They were that fast, you know, and they're hungry, they're poor, and they're looking for opportunities. And hurricanes, I mean, turned that program around. And that was the, I mean, the football, the, you know, the 
I, I, w- I always say this, but like it's like you go to certain places and you have this stereotype of like when you go to uh, Nebraska and you meet those big farmers with those big hands, those big. That's why you expect those linemen to be Cornhuskers, those big Nebraska linemen. But Florida, man, I always thought Florida dudes in Florida were bigger faster and i don't know if it's because of the heat or whatever but more athletic i mean and that that and you know we got to play in florida and i'll put myself in the more athletic group but we got to play in florida year round we never had like a a winter where we had to sit and play inside an an arena i played baseball year round that's why those some of the best baseball players in the world come out of football baseball and and golf and tennis you see prodigies moving from all over the world to florida because you can practice Mm -hmm. year round i mean our summer i remember going um, I remember going in the pool Christmas Day, like all the time. You get whatever you got, and it would. I remember getting a wetsuit one time, and I was like, God, I wish it was colder. I want to go. I want to wear it, and because you just never. I mean, you, it was. But that was Florida, and I always want to say we were bigger, faster. Like we could just be outside all year round. So I say we. I'm not really talking about me, but I'm talking about the, you know like the huge athletes that came out of there. You're forgetting one other group of a talented uh, athletic people from Florida. What? Porn stars. What? There's a lot of porn stars that come from Florida. Are you serious? Mm, I'm very serious. Well, it's, I, I do believe that... The uh, strippers, too, because it's sunny all the time. So you dude. see girls in shorts. I think um, talent scouts, if you want to call them, yeah. it's really easy to find them. I remember I remember the, I remember I was groomed in those strip clubs. So like that like when we when you told oh you as stand up wise no 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 as a as that as strip club etiquette yes like that is how <laughs> where I learned strip club etiquette <laughs> okay of like ball up a dollar shove it in her twat like that kind of like like that was what was like Mons Venus was like I mean ground zero for just insanity in a strip club where's that Mons Venus is like the seminal strip club in okay. in, in Florida it is the I say seminal like the the number one strip club in in Florida Mons Venus was notorious it was like and in Tampa when you turned 18 that's what you were a senior in high school everyone went to Mons Venus and they were real lax on fake IDs when we were kids so you were like as soon as you got a fake ID you went to Mons Venus and you were you were a child and there were women with like issues dancing for you and I remember just being like oh so this is how a strip club works and then you went to like the first strip club and you're like wait I can't smack him on the ass yeah and they're like no it's a very different up here son but yeah that was like the that was the I and I think it also numbed me to strip clubs like I never to this day I don't go to strip clubs now I don't go to strip clubs now because I have kids that is the number one reason and number two I'm on TV I went to a strip club with Brett Ernst do you know Brett Ernst oh absolutely it was a really great funny story. comic me Brett Ernst and one of Brett's buddies from South Florida this is when I was doing Birth Conquer I was shooting down there and they're in town they're like let us pick you up let's go out I go great so we got out to Monday night and they're like there's nothing going on we go to like three different bars they're like let's go to a strip club now I, now mind you I at that time I still hadn't had the shift in in view on going to strip clubs. I, I was like, yeah, let's go to strip club. Sure. That's a guy thing to do. I never felt it was cheating. I ne- I still to this day don't think it's cheating. Did you have kids by, back then? I had two. Yes, I had two kids. But I had not really had the shift of perspective that I do now. Sure. So I go, and it's I'll never forget it. Birth Conqueror was very big with families. So we go in, <laughs> yeah. and we sit down, and this stripper comes up. She's like, where did you grow up? I know you. I said, she said, where'd you go? I said, Florida. She goes, where? I said, Tampa. And she goes, oh, you didn't, did you go down to South Florida much? And I said, yeah, I used to hang out. She goes, that's where I know you. And I said, yeah. And then another stripper does the same thing. Where did you grow up? And I was like, Florida. She goes, Wait, oh, are okay. they asking, asking it to, to your Brent Nurse and others too or just no, you? Just me. 
Uh-oh. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, Florida. And then one of the girls goes, oh no, no, your birth to conquer. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. And they're like, oh my god. And they're like, oh my god, we were just talking about that backstage. Your birth to conquer. Holy shit, my kid loves that show. Do you mind if I get a picture? And I'm like, no, I don't mind at all. So then she disappears, and then all the strippers disappear. All the strippers go back into the back. They all get dressed because they want to get a picture with me for their kid. Then they, we all then walk outside to Nothing a wall. Nothing makes a man angry than women putting their clothes back on. All <laughs> the strippers oh, put no. their clothes on. Brett Erst is angry, seething. You suck to go to a strip club with. I've never been to a strip club where people are putting on their clothes to meet you. So we go are outside. We take pictures, and then we go inside, and then all they wanted to do, it was so awkward. You couldn't, I couldn't get a lap dance because I was like, this kid, I know this, she has a kid. I know they watch me on TV. Like, I don't want them to watch me on TV and then think of me getting a lap dance. And so I was like, Are you serious? So literally everyone put their clothes? Uh, there were maybe, let's say there were seven strippers, five of them. <laughs> and I, we all went outside. I would have punched you. <laughs> and so we took pictures. Then, and then, so then I, I was like, Wow, that was awkward. And then, but then I had this weird shift of like, of like, I guess I am on TV. Like, I don't want people thinking of me. And then seeing me on TV and then thinking of me that way. Like, that was my thought. Then yeah. I go to Cleveland. This is the last strip club I was at. I go, maybe. I mean, I was in Amsterdam. But, like, um, I go to Cleveland and I go to... Um, how bad? Go, how horrible are they in Cleveland? It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I, I, I really? Pretty, I've been there before, before, like, well before back when I didn't have kids and I was just sure. in the club. It's a pretty great... That strip club in uh, Power Power Plant. <laughs> All these names, you know. But no, the, it's it's right across like the Cleveland Improv. Okay, it's like here, and then you just walk across the parking lot, and there's the casino to your right. But if you walk all the way across, right, there's a strip club that one of my buddies from Florida was like, he, uh, he came up, he was from University of Florida, and I'd known him in New York, and he was like, you're gonna love this strip club, and I was like, really? It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was great. You could have cocktails in there. That's what I like about a strip club. So, um, so I go, and as I was walking in, someone recognized me. From, te- from birth, this was all birth the conqueror, and I didn't go in. I was like, you know what? And that's the last time that I was like, now I don't go to strip clubs at all for just a number of reasons. It just doesn't, like, I just don't, I don't want to, like, not, I'm definitely not famous, but I don't want to be recognized in one. And then people go, he's got kids and a wife, and then them have to do the math of what are my morals mm-hmm. if, if you've got kids and a wife. Like, I don't know. I, I definitely was a lot more open about it. Now I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't need it. You know, and I work so much. It's not like that fits into my my uh into my game plan although i think i did go to one in alaska anyway i i i, I definitely believe you you and tom segura because um you guys i put you and tom and russell peter in the same like happy guys honest guys and yeah. like uh very considerate of others you know but you know most of my other comedians our other comedians friends i think sometimes we do comedy because we actually have mental problems and oh. uh, you know there's there's a, there's a lot of that but you guys always struck me like happy people. Probably grew up in a happy household as a kid, right? Yeah, I was. I had. I I had a really happy life. I mean, I you know I had like the whatever the 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 very small stuff that groom you to be a comedian. I sure. had all that happen to me, you know, but not in the. In and your the, dad is funny, very funny. First episode with Joey Coco yeah. Diaz. My dad doesn't know he's funny and doesn't try to be funny, but he, he is, is funny. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, he's uh. Yeah, he's very funny. My mom's like me. She tries to be fun. She tries to be funnier. Yes. So like I'm a mix of the two. Um but yeah, I had the regular stuff that happened that make you a comedian, but nothing like super bad. Yeah. Like nothing really bad and, and you know, Marin 
Mark Maron wrote a blurb. I had to. I'm getting people to write um, Rogan and Maron, maybe Mick Foley, to write a blurb for the back of my book, so that people, uh, you know, people read it to get to know who I am. Sure, absolutely. Mark Maron, man, fucking defined me. Like he really defined me. What did he say? Uh, I, 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 I. It was so poignant. I couldn't tell you without reading it to you. Oh, okay, okay. Because it was like, it was like, like I'm just a good-hearted guy who likes to have a good time. And like I and and I and ever since then I've been kind of theorizing about it. Like I get obsessed with the now, the moment of the now. I don't look forward to things. Like I don't look like it's the reason I'm not a junkie is because I don't look forward to like what what's gonna happen late night. Do we need drugs for later? Like I don't do drugs. Uh. I don't do drugs really, but at all. But but I'm always like having the beer and having that moment that you have the beer now. I always want the now to happen. But um yeah, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have any like you, you know, Bert. You, uh, honestly, you, you you're. You know, I teach you before. You know what North Korea needs is yeah. a ministry of fun. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Be, you be that guy because some people force that fun personality on stage, but off stage when you talk to them, they're not a. They're just that was all fake. You know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But you are hundred percent fun, and I think your kids are so lucky oh. to have you as a dad. You know, they're uh, lucky and they're not lucky. I mean, like they're. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Isla, my youngest today. <laughs> some, some she uh. She, she's, we're, we're going, I'm going to ride bikes with George at a school. Okay. And Isla's not allowed to ride bikes because she got in trouble this morning doing How something. She? She's seven. And uh, so she's outside and I'm putting the bikes up and Isla just comes up to me and she goes, someone peed mom's Cheerios, huh? Because my mom, my wife was angry at Isla. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I wish I could just get on the back of the bike with you, but I got to ride with her. And <laughs> it was so funny because I was like, I feel like that's all. I'm always in a good mood. I'm always, very seldomly we catch me in a bad mood. I get stressed about stuff. Like when people don't like me, it bothers me. And I and I hang, I have hangups about that. But I'm very seldomly in a bad mood. But I also said, I was talking to someone. I was like, it would be irresponsible for me to be in a bad mood. I have a really good job. I have a really happy family, and I love doing stand-up. And, and people love you. And travels never stop me. Travel channels never stop me from doing stand-up. They've always said, you know, do what you do. We totally understand. You know, as long as I don't sully the name of the channel. Sure. You know, but they're like, have fun. Be whoever you're going to be. You know, and, and so I, I would be irresponsible for me to be a, ba- a bad mood person. But some people get their act out of being in a bad mood. You know, some people derive comedy out of being angry. So Like I, I Lewis Black. You know, yeah, but yeah. I I don't know. I would always I always assume Lewis Black that was like a faux anger. Yeah, because I always figured he'd be fun to be around. You know what I mean? Uh, off stage, I talked to him once. He couldn't be nicer. Very yeah, like, personable. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like a faux anger. I'm trying to think of who's like really angry. Like there are some um, some comics in LA that are just unhappy people that you see them on stage and you read, oh, that's just that's unhappy all around. And you're like, and I just stay away from those people because I'm like, well, I don't want to fucking any of that in my life. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I I I I just love it when you. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't get over it. every time you and Tom and pushes. I mean, oh. uh, fun together. It's it's just fun. I wish you guys would do it once a week. Do you want to tell me? You want me to tell you what I love more than anything? There's a video. Have you ever seen me shaving Tom's tits? No. Are you serious? No. Oh my God. There's a video. I wonder if I can pull it. You up. know you're out of your out of shape when you don't have chest anymore. You have tits. It's <laughs> Bert shaves. <laughs> this is okay. I watch. There's a couple videos I watch over and over again because they make me laugh. 
and it's and uh, this is gonna sound. By the way, listen to uh, Tom and uh, Christina's uh, podcast. Here, wait, uh, hang on one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna just play. I'm gonna fast forward it. Okay. So and I'll tell you, it's got twenty six thousand views. <laughs> okay. it, Tom posted it. This is when we were in Hawaii. This is when we were working with Russell Peters. Okay. And so Tom, we're going out to the beach, and I'll, I'll surmise it to you, and then I'll play it into the thing to make sure you can hear it. Okay. Let me see. Is that the right one? No, that's the right <laughs> like, one. But this, I listen to this when I get like down. I'll listen to this, <laughs> yes. and it makes me laugh so fucking hard because uh, I rem- I can go back to this moment, and I literally. So we go get ready to go to the beach, and Tom's underarm hair was attached to his breast hair. Oh, no. And I was like, you can't have that, man. You look like a mess. And I was like, and we're, I was shaving his back already. It's taking forever to load. Wait, are you serious? You were shaving his back? I was shaving his back. Okay, yes. So it's starting. Okay. I'm going to let it load a little bit so we can just fast forward. I was shaving his back already. And, uh, and so I said, let me just... Go ahead and clean up your tits. Okay. It's like what I'll do is I'll I'll shape your underarm hair into like more of a triangular look. Yes. And then I'll trim I'll trim your chest hair so it looks like your your tits have definition. <laughs> so this is me. Oh my god, you really are doing it. I'm really it. shaving his back. Now. So I'm shaving his back right there and then at one point I decided to let him shave he decides to let me shave his tits. Now, the beginning of this video is... Let me just see if I can fast forward it to like where... Because what happens is... What they, is it, gorilla? Like I, I'm Asian, so we don't yeah. get body hair. So. Oh, he's covered in fucking hair. I didn't know that. He's covered in hair, and he's got one of those bodies that... like it, he, he looks good as a rookie cop. But... <laughs> 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 But in like five years, he's going to be the fat cop. But the best part of this is that I shave it. Yeah. And then he goes, how does it look? And I see it. This is the cameras on the on the balcony, by the way, when all this happens. Yeah. I shave it and then I see it and I realize it looks horrible. <laughs> so I've already taken the hair's gone. There's no putting the hair back. And so it looks like his tits are wearing a mask. Oh. So, but wait, all you hear and you can hear me laughing. Listen. Wait, hold on. Hold on, let me. You can hear me laughing a little bit. I watch this. I watch this. Oh, 
I watched this. I watched that, and I watched the Lucy Snorbush video with Joey. Yeah. With me and Joey, the first time I met Joey. I watched those on the road, and I will laugh hysterically again and again and again. Oh. It is I because I get caught up in – I remember the moment, but my laugh <laughs> is contagious, yeah. and all I can do is start laughing because when he says to him, he goes – at one point, I go, you want me to do the other one? And he goes, no. Yeah. Like, really upset. <laughs> oh, he makes me laugh so fucking hard. And his laugh is fucking great. He's got that... <laughs> like that. I forget his laugh. I just... Uh, I love his facial expression and, and that, that dry sense of humor. Man, oh. um, I brought a couple of my friends. They, they were crying watching he's, him just stand up. He's one of the funniest fucking guys. Like, especially when bad shit happens to him. Like, uh, like... I, th there's a story of when I first met him and our in our interaction of our first meeting there was a guy that was m maybe not that nice to him and Tom was watching a, a football game and he was a host and I was the feature and we were in a, <laughs> we were in the green room me and Tom and I was like uh, hey man nice to meet you I'm Bert and he was like hey nice to meet you he's like Florida State and I said oh I went to Florida State and he said oh, I'm a huge Florida State fan I said really and then this guy comes in and he's like the fuck is this and Tom's like the, the headliner. Yeah, the headliner. And he's like, Tom's like, it's the Florida, it's the Florida State game. Goes, what the fuck are you watching this for? Did you go to Florida State? And Tom's like, no, but he didn't have a chance to say he was a fan. He's like, what do you got money on it? And Tom's like, yeah, I, yeah, I got a little money on it. And he's like, and you're a fucking host. You're real fucking stupid. Get the fuck out of here. And then the ho headliner walked out, and shut what the door, and fucker, Tom man. and Tom looked at me, and he was like, ah, what just happened? Yeah, and I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, well, welcome to the tour. You don't want to say the guy's name, no. no. Okay, but uh, but yeah. So, but that I love when those are my favorite moments of Tom is like, I like, can't believe anyone being mean to Tom, man. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, what well, was I mean? Have you have you been listening to his new football podcast? No, is that good? It's unbelievable. Really? It's uh, it's fantastic. Oh, I gotta fucking check it out. It's him and uh, finesse, right? No, it's just him. Well, finesse been in one episode, but oh, this is my feeling about it. I didn't know Tom knew football like that. Oh, he knows football real well. He played, too. Like, he knows football. I mean, he really knows. Like, he knows it the way Rogan knows mixed martial art. Like, yeah. he was saying, like, this game in 1989, uh, uh, oh, I second last week. What's the name of it? Uh, I'll find it. I'll just go on to uh, the podcast app and find. I'm blanking now, but there's seven episodes, and uh, uh, Sarah Tiana was on, and she's really knowledgeable. Dude, Sarah Tiana knows her shit about baseball. Baseball. She's, I guess she's from Atlanta. She knew football very, very well. Is she really well. from Atlanta? Uh, sounds like it. She says she, they, they moved down there, and uh, they, she, she used to say she'd get free tickets to Braves game when they were bad or something like that. Really? But yeah, she's I, very, sing, I sing the uh, seventh inning stretch when I go down there. Um, like I'll sing the seventh inning stretch at the Braves games. Yeah, because I have a buddy who works for the Braves, and then the big radio show down there is the regular guys, and they can always hook it up. This guy Tim can always hook it up. So I I love I'm I'm a big fan of the Braves and the Nationals are my two teams. Braves really is just because you grow up in Florida. It's like when you grow up in Florida, we didn't have a team in South Florida uh, ever. We didn't have a team in Florida forever when I was growing up. And Turner went in and bought. The two teams you could be a fan of was Turner had TBS, right. and he would play Braves games all, all the, time. the time. You could watch Braves games all the time. And they had a great team in the early 90s and mid-90s. But I'm talking like late 70s, early 80s. Okay. You could watch like Dale, Dale Murphy, like old Braves games. And then you could also watch Yankees games because Steinbrenner was from Tampa. And so on Channel 44, they play the Yankees games. Uh, it's one Steinbrenner way down in Tampa Bay. They're the Yankees uh, minor league team. You know, yeah. The stadium's down there. Yeah. I'm looking for... Uh, 
I last name game I name I googled into iTunes. Try to guess what so last they, name I googled into iTunes looking for their podcast. Of uh, I'm 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 blanking. Steve Austin. He has a podcast. Yeah, he has a podcast. Tom. Sagura. Tom, I'm sorry. I forgot your name of your podcast, but it's fantastic. I listened to six or seven episodes. I mean, I'm telling you, he's so knowledgeable. This oh, it's called North Dallas 240, because that's how much he weighs. Just kidding. <laughs> that's North Dallas 240. Oh, my. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> the Third Floor Chronicles? No. No. Is it Tom Skura Ass Cat? No. No, no, Is no, no. it... Uh, let's go to podcasts. Is it Charge it to the game. There we go. Charge yeah. it to the game with Tom Segura. You want an, you if you want an instant American subscribed. Subscribe to that because um, I'm I'm telling you, Tom could uh, transition this podcast into a, a episode a sitcom. You know, he's so knowledgeable. I I was really impressed. Like he's. Can I tell you another good podcast? That uh, these are the podcasts that I'm into right sure. now. Um, and I say this, I say this, I, obviously, I have no bad ill will towards anyone. I have nothing but love for anyone. But Barry, pa Barry Katz's podcast is pretty good. I've been listening to that. The Industry Standards yeah, or something like that. It's really kind of a fucking interesting podcast. I like Chris Elbrick episode. I didn't listen to that one. I, that's a, that would be a really good one because he's got an interesting story. He was like the bartender. Head of HBO. He was, the head of, he was a bartender at the Improv. Right. With uh, um, uh, Les Moonves was also the head of uh, CVS. He was also a bartender. I'm listening to the, that one on the plane tonight. Yeah, Barry's podcast is really good and he does and he actually hosts it really well. No one tell Barry I said this. I hate complimenting people. I hate, I, no, what am I For saying? those of you who don't know, Barry Katz is a big-time comedy manager in Southern California. I love Barry. I've mm -hmm. always loved Barry. but uh, And I didn't think I, I didn't know if I'd like his podcast, though, because I've heard him on other podcasts, and I, I'm not a, I wasn't a huge fan of listening to him on other podcasts. But him on his podcast, he's really good because he knows how to keep the story going, and he pulls things back that, like, like I don't do that. I'll just keep moving forward. There's sure. things that we've dropped in this podcast because I'm like, because I go, I go, I just keep talking forward. Right, right. Barry's really good at bringing it full circle, bringing it around. He's. I, I listen to his podcast. It's a great one. I always listen to WTF, Judd, Todd Glass, Joe Rogan. Um, I listen to DVDSA. Uh, I like, I like uh, him on Rogan's podcast. He was great. He was on twice. One, one Dude, other one I was on with him. I listened to the one that he was just on mm -hmm. with my crew, and we were driving, and it was fucking fantastic. He's got, you know. He's got. He's talking about David Cho, famous. Good no, I'm sorry. Artist, I'm right? sorry. Yeah. I uh, David is. I say this as a compliment. I hope this comes out as a compliment. And I only say this because I know he talked about this on Rogan's. But he has gotten very good at explaining what he finds interesting. Because mm -hmm. when I first heard him the first few times, it was almost like he didn't. He just has gotten a lot more fascinating in. in exp, he's gotten better at explaining himself on air. Of what he's talking about, sure. I think that's the artist's brain in him. Is before he would almost like he would kind of leave it and he would drop it, and you get some good stories, but you didn't get like the thing you wanted. That last one, he explained everything really well, and I was like, "Oh, it's clear he's been talking on podcast. It's clear he's been working on his podcast for at, a while." At, at that point, he's probably done almost eighty, ninety podcast episodes, and yeah. yeah he, 
It's, yeah. I mean, it's very different. It's the reason comedians are good at podcasts because we've been talking to audiences for so long that we already know the dialogue we want to have or how we want to have it, and we know what we want to talk about or how we want to talk about it. Sure. But when you're a visual artist, I think that, that dialogue's always been in, in, uh, inside yourself. So to, to have a conversation with someone about what you do or, or, like, may, or maybe what you're experiencing in life, maybe that's not firsthand, but you can, he talked about him working on his podcast and becoming better at it. Sure. His last podcast with Rogan was fucking amazing, and I was like, God damn it, I haven't listened to any DVD essays. I got to fucking check that out, and I love that ASA girl. Awesome. Asa, sure. Asa. She's fucking great. She, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, when you, when you hang out with, uh, I spend a little bit of time, um, with her and she can be a sweetie girl yeah the whole you know like uh risque kind of slutty thing it's just an act yeah but when you when you spend extra time with asakira she's an intelligent sweet girl and i want i i always say like i you know who i'm a big fan of i'm dying to know what you think of her i'm not even i'm a big fan of her i'm a big fan of her i, mean, I haven't really seen a lot of her work um um but is jesse andrews She's a good friend of uh, Asa. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're a very close friend. And I think Jesse, she's very young, by the way. I think she's what? barely 20 at this point. Oh, fuck. That ruins all of it. She, um, She's DJ. She That's make... the only reason I like her. Uh, can I? This is why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like right when Vine came out, someone was. I found out you could follow porn stars and that they'd be naked. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking great. You know, find, I'm going to find some porn stars that I'm a fan of. And I got on with, uh, with Siri. Someone introduced me to Siri. I think I want to follow. I say I followed someone like Norton, and then he had a list of people, and I was like, whatever he follows has to be amazing. So, um, trannies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was Redman. Redman. Oh, Redman. Okay, okay. Redman followed. So, um, <laughs> so I followed Siri, and then I got Jesse Andrews, and I don't know how, and I'd never heard of her, and I was like, and then, and then I watched a couple of videos, and it was like, it was all like none of it was porn stuff, and I was like, oh, who is this chick? And so I kind of artsy yeah. yeah and i was like wow i actually like following what she's doing in her life I, other than sex the sex stuff isn't like my i don't even that's why i haven't watched her do porn it's because not that i don't care but it's like not like she's not exactly my type but watching her live her life was more interesting to me like watching her have vines of her in like stockholm djing a club sure and then like the late night party of her with a bunch of people or one time she went to um this sounds like stalkerish but this is what vine is the one time she went to um the the kentucky derby and i was like holy shit now i know she's a porn star and i see all the dudes she's with and i'm like i wonder if they know she's a porn star but more importantly i'm like this is almost like watching someone be undercover because she's hanging out with all these blue bloods like just like hey, but she's a porn star, and I was like, that was more fun for me. Wait, wait, wait so we're talking the Kentucky Derby, the the main. She was at the Kentucky Derby, where all the women have those big fancy hats, and she was with a bunch of girls that I envisioned as all porn stars, all wearing those hats, and I was like, oh my god, every dude who's there, their dream is to run into fucking six girls who know terms like gaping and prolapse. Like, yeah, yeah, like just <laughs> fuck, that's every. <laughs> old southern gentleman's dream is to find a girl like that that just gags on cock just quack, 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 and that is a that is that would be <laughs> yeah. like as opposed to their prim and proper now i do declare i need another mint julep and then you run into <laughs> jesse andrews and she's like quack, like making eye contact and her mascara is running quack, quack, like that like is okay i've seen one of her things so 
Well, I mean, you you were talking about American Apparel. She's she's she models. Uh, yeah. And uh, when you when you meet her, you will never guess she's an adult business because she seemed like literally like the Playboy girl next door. She yeah. has this classy, healthy next door kind of you know what I mean like yeah. wholesome look to her. I stopped following her, I think, because uh, I think she started putting a lot of porn stuff up, and sure. it's just and that for me that was it was too much of that in my life, like at my thumbs, like. I can't be sitting at my daughter's uh, occupational therapist and going through Vine, and then all of a sudden it's a girl naked. I can't get like I, that's just in, that's inappropriate in the world for me to have. Do you, do you think it would have been easier if you had boys instead of girls? No, maybe I don't know. I don't know. No, I'll tell you what. I think it was just it, what it was was that um, like i've dialed back on whatever intake of any pornography i've been having sure simply because i just felt like with the way technology is now it was like uh that i I was i it was coming up on my phone not when i wanted it it would just show up and i was like 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 uh the the vine was the biggest one i had to unfollow all the vine porn stars because i was like i'm i'm not watching i'm watching vine ultimately to see what will sasso is up to next because he's the only really funny one on Vine these days. Will Sasso is murdering it on Vine, and so and I follow the other people because I like them, and I and I and sometimes they get really funny ones, and sometimes like Robert Kelly is really good at reposting really funny ones, and Robert Kelly's were were very funny right before he had his baby, and he was putting his dog in all his baby harnesses. Those were fucking hilarious. And Bobby will have fun ones. I like to see what other comics are doing on the road, like Joe DeRosa. But as far as, and like Pete Holmes, I'm interested in, like I'm keep, keeping up with Pete so I'm interested in how his sitcom's going or his, his TV show's going and when it's going to air and what they're doing behind the scenes. Like I like that. Nick Thune, I like following. Um, but like I had to get rid of the porn stars because it was like I was in my daughter's occupational therapist and I click on it and it's, uh, I want to say it was Jess, I want to say it was Jess Andrews and she was like, naked and i was like and the door opened behind me and someone could have seen it and i was like oh my god what kind of dirtbag do i look like if i'm looking at porn while i'm sitting in an occupational therapist but i'm not looking at it it just shows up on my phone sure so i kind of dialed back a little these bit these days even take. if you don't look for it it will pop up I mean, yeah kids used to look for something for white house and instead of putting whitehouse.gov whitehouse.com and that's like a porn site or something you are you know? serious yeah so like i mean I think the best thing is to have honest conversation with I kids. I had really good sex with my wife like the last two nights. Not this is really creepy now, but but I say that <laughs> because I because I have kind of I've kind of pulled off pulled back from porn. Yes. So like what was happening was this is very meta. You used to uh, put her head in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Rock was very, Freddy's is like oh, oh you do <laughs> so you do though. Uh, yes, of That's too specific to say. <laughs> Rocco's the Freddy's is like a governor in Italy or something. Or no, he's got it a makes TV me show. laugh because Tom Tom Segura knows detail about football. Joe Rogan knows detail about mixed oh, martial no. art. But Suda says it totally using one. Rocco's Rocco's the Freddy's is a game changer. He's got a relationship show in Italy. Yes, that's the reason I brought it up is because Rocco's Freddy's has a relationship show in Italy. It's 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 it's, it's, it's for Murdoch's company uh, and uh, it's, it's it's Italian Fox or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, and so but yeah, so but I, <laughs> I pulled can't back. Believe you know that you're the one that told me about right, that. Oddly enough, if you the uh, okay, uh, but I didn't tell you about you his show me, on TV. You, no, I. <laughs> oh, maybe we have a Google alert for him. Who knows? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he um wait, what was I gonna say? Oh, so I dialed back on by porn intake, like sure. on the road. Just like right. just like uh and so I was like, I wonder and I like no masturbating, just no porn, no nothing. Right. And I was like, I wonder because what was happening was is you'd watch porn and it almost numbed you to it. And then when you had sex, you almost felt like you had to run through with all the things you had seen or you had to like or that was where your your standard was. It's like watching MMA and then getting in a fight. And like watching a lot of MMA and then getting in a fight and you're like trying the moves you've seen on TV, but that's none of it works. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, it, that's yeah. a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're in like, movies looking. it looks beautiful, but goddamn, and I'm talking about martial art fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even trying to do porno. So, yeah, so that's what I happened is I just stopped, stopped it all together. And then I had like two nights of really great kind of real sex. And I was like, oh, I got to fucking pull this out. But I still, you know, look, I'm still a dude. Oh, I, t- I t- talked to my wife about porn and she was like, I think you're in this weird subculture of guys. And comics are. Comics know things that not everyone, like maybe that not everyone, comics live a life that is like behind the closed doors of a hotel room fucking 10 hours a day and i'll be getting on a plane it's a pretty lonely life even uh, i'm sure you knew hepberg really well but he even told me like it, it, can, it can be incredibly lonely yeah. on the road you know i didn't know hepberg at all i met him once but uh yeah i i it's yeah it can be super lonely i think that's why i drink but me and norton's like another level you know because um to me, I don't know anyone with high perverted IQ like Norton. I mean, he really knows his stuff. I worked in a business, so I know above average compared to other comedians. But yeah. Jim Norton, uh, I I am just stunned because we were we were talking about Hangover too, and there's a trend because they went to Thailand, and one of the uh, Ed Ed what's his name Ed um, Helms yeah Helms. I guess he had a scene with the tranny, and and I I recognize her. He from a couple of the movies I worked on because the company I, I used to work for, I did hundreds of tranny movies. <laughs> Not only Jim knew her stage name, he knew her real name, and he also had her number. So, like, wow, you know, Jim just... He, Jim, when Jim took a perverted stuff, he, that's not a bullshit. I'm telling you, yeah. it's 100% honest. God oh, truth. yeah. And this is... that's. That's the part where I'm just amazed by the West because Asian people will go out of the way to high shit. That's why we're behind 20, 30 years in mental illness issues because we're so afraid to talk about these things. That's why I have so much respect for comedians in North America because we're so honest compared wait, to the rest of the world. I mean, So wait, what's, what's your, um, like, oh, what was, what was I about? I was just about to say. Fuck, I hate that. Hold on one second. Oh, did you ever edit any gay porns? Um, we had like one or two titles, and um, the 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 problem that I had is um, it's it wasn't because they're gay movie, it was because the guy was simply making gay porn because he thought there's more money in it, and there yeah. was, and yeah, I could usually tell when someone's making a porn where they're really not into that type yeah. of sex, and they're just doing it to make money. How can you do that though? I can't imagine. I getting mean, aroused for so, money but there's a lot of guys like that i mean that's that's i I'm, i know this sounds silly but um i've talked about this before i some of the problems i had with former employer evil angel I, I was really disappointed with owner because he basically was selling movies this guy that i had a problem with selling his movies he probably told me he didn't like the, this this guy kevin i had a problem with him um 
that uh, John Stagliano was selling his movie, even though he doesn't like it. I know it sounds silly to say this. Yeah. It really disappointed me because I thought John was a principal guy. I thought he would sell products that he was into. And he told me not only he doesn't like it, he doesn't think those movies are good, you know? Yeah. And I expect that from even pornographers. Like, if you're going to do something, you should do it because you really believe what you're doing. It. Yeah. If you're you, in, if you're going to get into that business you mm -hmm. might as well follow passion yes like i mean or at least some it's the same thing with the t-shirts mm -hmm. yeah my wife would make my wife would sell gay porns that she didn't think were any good i mean i understand <laughs> I, mean, I understand it's you, you, i i have respect for business people they have to make money and you, you know you have obligation to support your wife and kids yeah i understand that thinking i don't want to dismiss that but it sounds this sounds really gay, but I mean comedians are are artists, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, this it, you only, you say things because you believe those things are funny to you. Yeah, and I and I know you believe it, and I could feel it, Bert, when I see you, uh, Joe Rogan, David. Oh, I love David Tell. Dude, he's my favorite. Russell Peters. I saw him over the weekend. I'm gonna I'm stop like, saying David Tell's my favorite because I bet he doesn't like hearing that. I bet he thinks that that means. Like, cause I, he's he's one of my favorites, but he's one of my favorites in the way that like Segura, Rogan, he's in that list. Yeah, like I, I, I'm afraid he feels like we all like idolized him when we started, and that we don't anymore. But we still all well, do. we still I still do. We we still I'd, do. I'd yeah. pay money to go see him do stand up. If I was a Yankee fan, it's like meeting Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I mean he he's so great and like he's so smart. We I was watching him over the weekend. It's every show, and even if you have a same setup different punchline like I, I i have to watch him all the time and he's yeah. one of the few guys even russell peters told me like russell told me like I, he wished he could write like a tell because he is brilliant I oh it tells so freaking good he is so good uh, norton's really good no i'll tell you what jim is just one of the smartest dudes like principal. i listen to him he's i listen really to him principal. on o and a mm -hmm. and he's just quick as shit and he's like, I watch him, you know, f sometimes for fun i did this yesterday i'll go through his timeline on twitter and see who he's fighting like, he was fighting some lady who wrote some horrible, like, uh, some horrible uh, ad to sell the news piece she was doing. Sure. And he wrote 10 even more horrible, funnier ones to follow her up. And I was like, fuck, he's smart as shit. And when there's, like, uh, 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 heckling or whatnot, I don't think there's anyone quicker than Really? Norton. Yeah, oh, my God. He, you know, I'm way bigger than Norton, but... He's got this physical presence when he's doing stand-up. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I'm going to stop this beeping. Hold on one second. Sorry, I know no one heard that. But, go, so wait, Norton, you were saying physical. That's why I think his physical appearance is defines who he is. Because mm -hmm. he is not like bullying. And no. he does not fucking stand up for someone who's got, who throws out false threats. Mind you, I'm talking about Jim like, like we're best friends. We're not. We're definitely not. not no, not, we're, not, we're friends. Yes, we're, we don't like hang out. He doesn't know secrets about me, and I don't know secrets about him. But but I listen to O and A enough to know, feel like I know him, you know. Like, and that's how. Like, I'm 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 just I know Jim as well as anyone listening to this does. Probably a little little more, but not tons more. So, I might, these are all things I've learned from listening to O and A. He when I met Jim ten, ten years ago, he really intimidated me because he. I mean, obviously because he's so talented and and um, very funny. And his work ethic is just relentless, you yeah. know. And that's the thing about a lot of those dudes. Tell and Norton is they their work ethic is fucking gangster. And they don't they don't they bust their ass at stand up comedy. And this is one of the, those legends I keep hearing over and over that um, I heard the Jim panic on nine eleven two thousand one 
because he was worried that he didn't have places to go up and do stage time. You yeah. Know? And it and but he he always intimidated me because he was so honest. Because I grew up in Asia where you don't talk about your personal problem. You don't really. You just don't do it. People just don't do it over yeah. there. Especially expressing feelings that you have for someone, right? So I I barely knew Jim, but like we connected really well right away. Yeah. And uh, he he liked this girl, and we were in Starbucks, in like um, I don't know, around Forty Second Street. Uh, we'll be done soon, and checking to make sure it's still recording. And um, perfect. Um, and um, he he said how much he liked this girl, and like. I, I I was really stunned because I, I you just you just I grew up and Asian people just don't talk about that stuff at all. So hanging out with com- comedians like yourself and Tom and Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, uh, he was he was I was I was probably better friends with Patrice than a lot of those dudes just because I was with him. I'm, I'm a, a I'm a, and this is how likable you are that you're getting along with Patrice because last time I saw him we got a big argument and it makes me sad that because last time I saw him we were kind of arguing for like two and a half hours three hours he was telling me how much he hated Asian people yeah but that, that, if you argue and it was really funny I was laughing the whole time but I didn't like him putting me into those group of Asian specific Asian people that he didn't like yeah arguing with Patrice for two and a half hours is like being friends with him for a year and a half yeah like you get you get more out of that argument with patrice because you get a more honest side of you get you know it's like i think he respects you more in those moments you know like i don't know i've he's one of the greatest stand-up comic of all time i played i played one of his one of his favorite uh one of my favorite bits he did was uh about never learn how to type did you ever hear that no he was like i didn't know typing was i'm paraphrasing patrice (laughs) o'neill mind you this is me doing patrice so it's not going to be as good as it is when you hear it because you're missing all the beautiful facial moments of like him sure. going, like, you know that you can almost I can you almost imagine it, but like the paraphrase and I played it for my crew and no one laughed as hard hard as I did and it bothered me that no one enjoyed it this much. <laughs> He's like I didn't realize how important typing was going to be. Yeah, he was like well, instead of ta- I was too busy calling people gay than taking typing classes like 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 as i remember taking typing classes i ruined that bit by the way i know that <clears throat> i i i remember taking <laughs> typing classes in like seventh grade and i was yeah. like i was like what do i need these for if i'm gonna do things right i will have someone typing for me like that's the way our oh, I, theories okay, were growing up bit. yeah yeah it was like i was too busy calling people gay than learning how to type because <laughs> i was like i'd rather steal lunch meat and sell it <laughs> Like, but that's his, like, and it's such a genius bit because I didn't learn how to type until I had to learn how to type at like 26. And I was like, this is hard as shit. And now I type from someone who learned at 26. My daughters type now. They they can type on a computer now. They type their papers. And they're in fucking fourth grade and second grade. They're like, so much more sophisticated than we are. They're, they're so savvy. The typing won't even be around then. It'll all be voice activated. <laughs> it's going to be like, like, look at it now. I, I just go on my fucking Siri and I'm like, I'm like, where's Jerry's Deli? And are you looking for Jerry's Deli? Like that's going to be, imagine what the future is. I mean, I, I, I can't to use it because of my accent. It always fucking, yeah, it was, it always wait, 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 wait. Try to send a text. No, I'm not going to do send that. A text. No. Try to send a text. If already maybe do it. What happened? It's terrible. <laughs> What happened? Travel. NBC Travel is now following me. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a Yoda. Can, can, wait, can I show you the picture? I posted this. Mm-hmm. So I did an interview with my buddy, Tim Scott. He was the producer 
of um, uh, let's just cancel save draft. I did an interview with my buddy Tim Scott. He was the executive producer of Hurt Burt. That's the show that I almost died on. And we talked about Hurt Burt for the whole episode. This is the last one I just did. And we talked about one of my favorite pictures ever. Now Tim Scott is a dude from Minnesota and he moved down to he moved down to Indonesia to start banging chicks. He went down once and was like, Oh my god, I fucked like nine chicks. And he was like, Fuck this, I'm gonna go I'm gonna live here and just slay pussy and I'll get a job. And he worked for like Fremantle Media Asia. But and he started dating this chick. This is my favorite this is my favorite picture ever because I saw this and I was like, I wonder how Tim's doing. And I looked on his profile on Facebook and this is, is the picture. Is he still there? Uh, yeah, he's in Bali. And this oh, is the no. picture that, try to guess which one Tim is. <laughs> <laughs> is that not great? Wow, those girls are pretty. Yeah, they're all fucking hot. Look at look at all these. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> look at him in the background like the, the one adopted partridge kid. <laughs> It looks like like Asian Jackson Five or something. <laughs> Wait, this one is Jazz Hands. <laughs> I posted them on my Twitter. If you want to go look at my Twitter, it's at Bert Kreischer, and you can just go to the uh, B E R T Carry I S C H E R. Oh my right. god! Is that not fun? You can just go straight to my pictures and see them. That is uh, one of my favorite. And that's him, and clearly he's dating one of those girls, and that's her family or all their boyfriends and girlfriends, and they went to like a. A party night, and he had to wear the same shirt they wore. And you know, his is a triple X, and they all had mediums on. <laughs> what is he a stand-up? Or no, what? he's a TV producer. He's a he's like a very successful TV producer. But now he's living in Bali, and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. And he might be going to Cambodia to get a job in Cambodia. Oh lord! But yeah, he's just kind of like overseeing all. He oversaw like American Idol, Top Chef, like all the remakes in Indonesia. And his girlfriend was hot. I forget which one his girlfriend was, but she's... Oh, come on. They all look like... Freaking hot as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he said... He was saying he was going out on dates, like meeting girls online, and they said they'll meet them. But he said, you know, it's he was it's an interesting podcast. You'll find it interesting because it's very... He talks about the culture a lot, but he's very honest. He has no... He's not racist. He just tells you, oh, yeah, in Indonesia, this happens. This happens because they do this. And, like, it's really fascinating. I, I like it. And I'm telling you... Japan is one of the few places where white people will experience what it is to be a black person. Really? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I gotta go. I, I'm I'm telling you, like my my friends and family members in Japan said, like, we're not racist. You know why you say racist? Because you don't have other races living in Japan. Yeah. If you had, you would learn N word right away. <laughs> Asian people hate other Asian people, so don't pretend for a moment. So Asian people hate other Asian people. We do. We yeah. really hate. Uh, I mean, oh. I'm, I'm. I have Japanese name. I was born in Japan, but ethnically Korean. So like, it was a really ugly mixed feeling all the time. And my cousin have a Korean name, fluent in Korean. He was born in Japan, but his family decided. Uh, my uh, second cousin, they all decided to move back to Korea. He's fluent in Korean, but all the kids are picking on him because he grew up in Japan. So he told his teacher, this isn't Korean, he's, he's Korean too, he's got Korean name. He asked his Korean teacher, could you help me? These kids are picking on me, I don't know what to do. The Korean teacher goes, why don't you go back to Japan? So <laughs> there's so many levels of hatred. Like very he's Korean, yeah. going back to Korea. They tell him to get the fuck out of here. And... <laughs> The, 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 it's a different flavor of hatred. So when Patrice was saying the Asians, Patrice O'Neill, great comic, 
when the Chinese people treat him really bad in in, in New York or uh, New Jersey, wherever he he may be, yeah, I told Patrice like Patrice, they treat me like shit too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's um it's really bad. Like if you sit sit down in Seoul or Tokyo quite often they will stand in the subway they will get up and don't sit next to you you know really yeah stuff like that will happen I mean we have two uh, we have two Asian friends I wish you do travel show where you get the flavor of different racism discrimination that would be a kind of fun thing for you we had two Asian friends uh, one's Vietnamese one's Chinese and we're all at the beach and a family of Koreans came over okay and they just started talking to each other and just very like very racistly about this these group it wasn't even a family it was a group it was just like 10 korean people Mm -hmm. and and i was like guys dial it back and then and they just were like i don't know what you're talking about like just very like this is like what were they speaking english yeah they're speaking english to each other and but and i can understand them and (laughs) i was like guys how lazy are they i was like you're not allowed to talk like that and they're like yeah we can but it's like it's i think it's it is somewhat ingrained in in uh in asian culture of this like inferiority and superiority between races different different styles different styles i was about to say breeds different um russell colin what kind of what style of asian are you he he he, he does ask people like that yeah but what like whatever uh you know like it's it's i find that fascinating personally like that for me is so interesting because i have no emotional attachment to it like that's why racism has always been interesting to me is because i have no i have no i have no horse in that race so like so i mean you're 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 wonderful you and your wife because i know you expose your kids to like uh asian ethnic food oh yeah so you know more they're exposed they realize it's not that big you know my kids what would you rather be (laughs) yeah uh redheaded uh mexican black or asian before i could even get asian they all went asian 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 i was like what they're like dad we'd love to be asian just anyway I said, really? And they're like, oh, it would be great to be Asian. Where did that come their from? their best friends are Asian. Oh, oh, oh. All their best friends are Asian. They're, they like the food better. They, uh, like, they all, they all, like, they, like, they, my kids' friends go to Chinese class where they, I guess, learn Chinese and learn Chinese stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we would love to go to Chinese class. And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, it'd be so much fun. You know how much fun they have? And I'm like, well, we can take, send you to Catholic school. And they're like, no, different. But it's you know it's the want to be something exotic, something different. I guess I don't fucking know. Would you would you would you would you if they're really serious? Would you want to do that every Saturday? Send them to Asian school or anything like that? Yeah, if they were into it. If, but I, they'd get I they, I'm sure they'd lose interest. They lose interest in dance class, soccer, fucking <laughs> softball. I guarantee you, learning a new language is not up. Th- they don't. It's not all they think it's gonna be. Yeah, they think you just go in, have a fortune cookie, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no guys you gotta learn a fucking alphabet you gotta yeah. learn how to hold a pen a different way i don't even know if that's right you probably hold the pen the same way no <laughs> no um, i just can't imagine that you'd write chinese holding a pen the same way you write american you, you do but like this is how anal they are like you know you could write letter alphabet some people might put this and put this way and put a, a stuff on the cross in the middle yeah. Or some people might just put metal, whatever. Did you know that when you write a Chinese character, educated person will do the correct sequence of strokes. Like, you have to do this one first, then this, 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 and this. Really? Yeah, like, 
I don't remember that shit at all. Like, I could barely remember what the ca- character looks like. Then they would tell me, like, your handwriting is terrible, and you didn't even write the sequence in the correct order. Really? Yeah, they beat that shit into your head. And um, I, I, I think whenever some people uh, like like Asian people this way and that, you only see the good side because they buy into this conformity thing. But I, I think if people realize the other negative side of it, you know, not allowing more choices to people, or if, if people live a, a unorthodox lifestyle, they get picked on. You know, yeah. There's many things that I don't. I I I'll definitely want to go back to Asia and visit. I want to go to Asia so bad. I don't want to live there. I do not want to live there. I want to go to Vietnam really bad. Oh, uh, oh, I bet I bet they would. Tr- you have a good time there. I bet uh, I have a fucking blast in Vietnam. I want to go. To, I would like to hit. I would like to do an Asian tour, like just uh, have, like for a travel channel and like do. Uh, oh, oh, and, oh, yeah. And just uh, but but I don't know. Like I wouldn't want a vacation because I don't vacation. As well as I vacation when I do Travel Channel, like when we work for Trip Flip, like the like our, I really experience a fucking city, and like I cannot, I can't compete with that. Like the, I have a team of like eleven people making sure that everything I do is amazing, as opposed to me going with my family. So you like, have eleven people traveling with you. I have eleven people traveling with me, and then I ah. have I have another probably eleven back in the office making sure that everything's arranged that we do the most amazing shit you can do. I mean, and, and and this this team that we have, we've always had a great team, but right now we're pulling out activities that are fucking bananas. I mean, we are doing shit that is like, that is just, I mean, really amazing. I've been having a blast on the show. So you you think uh, down the road you think you will go to Asia? I, I would uh-huh. love, yeah, yeah, I, I would yeah. love to watch. I want to go. I want to do a show going to Asia with all my Asian friends, and then bring them <laughs> over. Like bring them over to introduce me to wherever they want to go. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, like because one of your Vietnamese friends' mother's a very famous person. That, yeah, uh, Oliver Stone. Lady Hayslip. Yeah, uh, heaven and earth is that she, when heaven and earth change places. So she wants to take me to Vietnam. Oh my god! So I want to go to Vietnam with her, and then uh, and then I have a friend. Do you, do you know a comic named Rosie Tran? No, she's she's a LA um, comedian in uh, LA, and I I, I interviewed her for my podcast, and I met her parents, and while during the podcast, she kind of casually mentioned that her dad, her job during the Vietnam War was torturing people, and she just kind of bypassed. I'm like, I said, wait, wait, you can't just say her dad. Your, your dad, he is such a sweet, gentle guy. It, it really shocked me. I I met him at her wedding, and like, yeah, that's what he used to do, like. This always the soft spoken kind one. Really? He's always the one scared. But yeah, Wait, who did he torture for South or North? North Vietnamese. Like he tortured the fuck out of them. I mean, he you know he tortured them. And uh, holy shit! See, I I love. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's so crazy because you know that that's so fucking insane. Because I know what torture consisted of then, and like I would never even bring that up. But wait. So, no, the, what happened was Rosie was telling me while there were like Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving or something, one of her dad's friends said, oh, do you know how bad a, badass your dad is? You know, he used to torture, and his dad was, I think he was a little upset. He he wanted to hide that away from his three of daughters. Of course, dude. But, you know, it's, it's, it's out of the bag now. Like, you know, it's really, she said it was very strange to find out the person that she loves so much <laughs> used to torture i mean i can't even torture like torture and beating the shit out of people oh beating the shit's not even the bad parts i mean they did things that are unspeakable pulling the nail out and yeah oh, and 
Yeah, that was like that. Is that the international hand single for torture? <laughs> that's a, that's, I mean, just think of all the times that that must. Have, don't say what I said, but all the times that must have happened. That's just, just oh, that is fucking crazy. I would have. I would have probably. Bert, never, if you're if you're a torturer, you're reshaving people's nipples. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, that's so crazy. That's insane. Yeah, never introduce Lei and Rosie Rosie Trans uh, yeah. dad together. <laughs> they may know each other. I, oh. I, I really no no, I really want to see this you going to Asia because I I think it'll be great. And you know, East Coast, you have places like New York and Boston, they're looking at the old world, Europe. But the yeah. next cent this century right now, it's all about Asia. I yeah, mean I told you I'm going through a big like uh like Eddie, uh David, Asa, you, my buddy Tom, Sandy, Lele. I mean all all everyone, all my friends are like I feel, I feel like uh I feel like it's I feel like it's just like I like it's a I I'm I'm obsessed with sriracha. Like I'm obsessed with fucking sriracha. I have bought a shirt, a sriracha t shirt, that's how much I like <laughs> sriracha. I put I put Asian shit on everything. Like any spice I get, sure. I'm fucking. I love uh, pho. I mean, I'm. I, so yeah, I'm. I'm ready to go to Asia. I I I I love hearing stories like this because I think your kids are already so sophisticated, but they're mm. ready for the you know this century because they're savvy about computers. They're savvy about uh, different genders and religion and, and culture and. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's important. I think a lot. Um, whenever I see, uh, uh, I love Travel Channel. I like people traveling overseas. But I think mo still most Caucasians in in America, especially in Midwest and South, I think they're still a little intimidated by going to Asia. They're they're more comfortable with Europe, obviously, because yeah. they look like them. But I, I I believe in you, Bert. I I hope. No, I really do. I really do. Thank you. I I, I I I always say this. Your ministry fun. <laughs> you really are. I I run. I want to see you go to North Korea. Um, I want you to go to Asia because I th I think if you go places like that and uh, there's many clubs over there they do English comedy show like I do I do stand up over there in Harpy Steve Byrne did some dates over there yeah it's so Tokyo Comedy Club in Tokyo in Hong Kong yeah uh, Paul Gara is a Hawaiian and Japanese American comic he works there all the time there's uh, English language comedy club in Hong Kong uh, Shanghai and uh, Beijing they have comedy clubs all over even Cambodia there's an English language comedy club for expats it's all over the place so you could do a pitch a TV show where you travel all those places with your friends Tom, Fantastic. Tom Fa Rhodes already pitched it oh no Tom Rhodes tried to get them travel to do it and I guess you know comedy the, I think the problem is comedy meeting comics in other countries their comedy isn't up to par with what Americans consider comedy. Sure. So that was, I think, the the. Oh, I'm, I'm speculating. I don't know, but like I watched it and I was like, I was like, Tom's consistently the fucking funniest guy. Well, he's also Tom Rhodes. You know, it's like it's going to be hard. Big star in Netherlands. It's yeah. Anyone is. It's going to be hard holding a candle to Tom Rhodes. So it's like it's like send Tom Rhodes to hang out with any open mic or anywhere, and you're going to be like, well, I want to see more Tom Rhodes, less of anyone else. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I just want. But I'm telling you, if you do it, it's so watchable. Let's go together. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Japan for you. I will do that. Yeah, in a heartbeat. And uh, uh if you want to see uh, Tentacle Six live shows, I know places in Shinjuku that you could go watch that stuff. <laughs> Maybe not on camera, but yeah, yeah. Let's go. I mean, I gotta see it. Well, you How do you fucking say it? You could eat it afterwards. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um, 
But Bert, I, I I know you have to go, but um, I I um one quick. Oh, yeah, I gotta pick up my daughter. <laughs> one quick uh thing, um before we'll be done in a few minutes. No. Um, my dad always wanted me to, to be um professor. Yeah. You know, teaching what whatnot, and uh, you know, I, academically, I wasn't. I was just average at best. But recently, I spoke at. Uh, I actually did a live podcast with uh, uh, Bun and Push. Because they just happened to be at Cubs Comedy Club, San Francisco, a couple yeah. weeks ago, there was a conference called Ars Electronica by my friend Giannis. It's basically sex and high tech conference, right? So he told me to show up and speak with him. So um, this is a serious a uh, educational conference, right? So uh, I was talking. Uh, so he introduced me to stand up comic. Worked at Evil Angel for nine years and worked on David Tales, uh, Dave's Old Porn. So. People are taking notes, what I'm saying, you know? And this is like, what a dream come true for my dad. But there was one <laughs> but, what a dream come true. But there, there was a one point I have to explain to them the difference between Japanese and German shit tape, shit movie, <laughs> yeah. scat movie, right? <laughs> you know, the Germans like little chunky shit that actually land on people's shits and stick on them. Whereas the Japanese like shit, like a frisbee kind of bounce off of the chest, right? <laughs> There's people actually taking notes. <laughs> me talking about shit porn. <laughs> and that's your dad's dream come true. Yeah, we did it, daddy. <laughs> yeah, we did it, daddy. We did it. We did it. But like, life is full of surprises, you know? <laughs> so I'm talking about shit porn. I hope when you go to Asia, Bert, <laughs> you're going to improve. You're going to improve the image of America. I, I'm No, I believe. I really, I'm not even joking. I, I believe because they don't like American foreign policies, yeah. you know? But when they meet you, it doesn't matter you don't speak the language, Bert. The way you laugh, the way you enact, I know you're going to eat street food. They're going to love you. Uh -huh. Whether in Indonesia, Cambodia, Thailand, North Korea, Japan, China, uh, India. I'm telling you, I, I really want you to do this. You should make this one of the big goals for yourself. And I'm go, doing go, it, man. Go, go, I'm doing go, it. Go to Asia because you, you're, you're definitely going to be a great diplomat for the this country you know going to asia with all my asian friends yeah and um um they're gonna love you and Bert I Chrysler's, i'm taking you home <laughs> <laughs> Bert, so uh, um I, i'm sorry i have a lot of episodes in my camp but yeah. this is probably going to come out in about a month but uh from the um early december on what what's going on and you have a lot of uh, uh, what's your tv show coming up project uh, i want people to know you uh, I'm, I'm just shooting trip flip uh, all through december i think i have maybe one date but i don't know what it is i i, I know i'm doing a new year's eve show uh i want to say with doug benson maybe oh, i don't man, know if great. i can announce it but i don't know and i won't say where it was but i think i'll be with doug doing a show somewhere hopefully i don't know if that's going through or not um but that's my new year's eve show and then that's it i'm not doing i'm on the fucking road shooting trip flip all until then Watch the show and listen to Burkcast. I love it, man. Oh, thank I, you so much. I, I I love it when I it's 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 whenever I see you, Tom and uh, Christina Fizinski and like on Joe Rogan or something, or one of those oh. shows, all three of you, it's like that episode of Love Boat with the Fantasy Island together. It's it, it, my head. Uh, it's it's just, it's incredible, man. Thanks, Yoshi. I, I really like hanging out with you guys, and you, you guys really make. I me get a kick. I get. A, I was really happy when you texted me, and you're like, "Hey, I'll come to you." I was like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" Well, I mean, I'm here in your man cave. It's just this is the best podcast room. Oh, really? No disrespect to Joe Joe's place, but this this is really nice. I got Joe, Joe's supposed to come over and do a podcast this week, but I hurt my heel and I haven't been able to fucking do anything. And then it was just worked out perfect that you could come over. And um. 
thanks for doing no, this. Thank Bert. you. And uh, sure uh, what's, what's, what's your Twitter account? Oh, my Twitter. Oh, go get a Murdered Out Machine shirt. I pimped them up so hard. Uh, I saw them. They're, they're great. beautiful. They're beautiful. Uh, it is burperbert.com. My t- Twitter's uh, at burkreischer, B-E-R-T-K-R-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. Uh, check out Birdcast and watch Trip Flip on Travel Channel. That's it. Thank you, Yoshi. Thanks, Bird. And uh, please follow him. Um, you know, you're such a funny guy. Even Oliver Stone optioned you for the movie and everything. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I want to talk more about it next time, but please yeah. go to Asia. Please let's go. Do, to- let's do one when you get back from. Uh, I'll be back. I'll be back. If you want, we'll do one like in a couple weeks before you take off, and then you can backlog that for like a month from now. I leave two weeks from today. I'll be back. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Just doing a weekend. I'm leaving for DC tonight, and then I'm back on Monday. But yeah, let's um, let's talk. Maybe we'll come over. We'll do one. Maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll bring Tom over here. Me, you, Tom, and Push will do one. On oh that. yeah, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. love that. And uh, no, no, we will do yours. And, and I just I don't care. It doesn't have to be mine. But awesome. I, I I definitely want to do it. But uh, this Asia thing, yeah. Uh, if anything, I could help you with. And I have a lot of weird, unusual contacts in Asia. So <laughs> he brought up the octopus pussy. No, my friend. That's yeah. all he does. My friend take pictures. Of, of naked people with dead animals, live animals, eos, octopus. I'm not even kidding. He's That's fucking crazy. So, so I have a lot of interesting contact for Asia. But I want you to go. You're you're, you're the best choice for that. Oh fuck yeah! Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and please support Bert and Bertcast. Thank you, Yoshi. Thanks, guys. <laughs>